Growing your business can be difficult and lonely, but there is an easier way. Welcome to the JVology Show, the podcast that will transform your business with a steady stream of perfectly qualified free leads and consistent passive income through collaboration. Now, here's your host and the founder of JVology, Jay Fissette. Hello and welcome back, gang. Here we are, day one community, and I have a dear friend and associate of mine, Robin. How are you today? I'm really well, Jay. How are you? I am excited and optimistic and learning tons, and I'm thrilled that you are here with us. Now, (laughs) a couple of things, gang. Before I begin to pry into Robin's brain and beliefs and experiences, I want to tell you a little bit about Robin from my perspective, which is, first and foremost... Robin was one of the very first people who ever actually signed up for our mastermind program called LEAD, what seems like 172 years ago, but I think it was actually only about six, five? Five or six. Five or six. Crazy, crazy. And she's just one of those women that gets shit done. And it wasn't very long after that, I asked her if she would be willing to actually coach a bunch of people in the mastermind program, ultimately coached a bunch of people in our LEAD uh, premium program has been around doing joint ventures and coaching and support stuff for us for eons. And she is just a woman that you can count on. Now, that's my experience. But beyond that, years before that, music studios, music lessons, uh, runs her own masterminds, trains people with masterminds. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But here's the thing that you must know about her. It's everywhere she goes, she establishes community. And I'm not talking about for a short span. I'm talking about over a span of decades in terms of someone of her history. That's one of the things that you and I have in common. So here's the thing. I'm going to ask her to fill in some of those blanks. But the part I want you to know is this, is that there are few people on planet Earth who create communities that last years, let alone decades, let alone multiple decades. And if somebody can do that, such as the two of us who have, it's probably worth paying attention to. So my suggestion would be turn off Facebook, turn off Instagram, pay attention and help yourself to build a community that's going to serve you for eons. Okay, so that's the framing piece. Robin, why don't you tell people more about your history and details? Because again, just because I love you doesn't mean they know who you are and what you can bring. <laughs> thank you, Jay. Well, thank you for that very kind and warm introduction. I have been building communities since I was a kid. So this isn't something that came to me in my sleep one night, said I must have a community. It's been, as I look back, you know, it started as a little kid gathering up all the kids in the neighborhood play kick the can and red rover right and i didn't know what i was doing i just loved having uh, friends around and then in growing up i was always like class president like the whole time i think and in that you know you get to organize whatever well i was allowed to organize a lot of stuff for my school for my friends putting together all kinds of you know trips believe it or not even without supervision i'm not quite sure how i got away with that but <laughs> I really don't know. I'm actually look back and I think, wow, who said yes to no chaperones on a trip to Disneyland with my whole senior class, right? (laughs) (laughs) I organized some of those trips, but they had nothing to do with school. (laughs) So much fun though, you know, just communities. I'm still in charge of all my high school reunions and it's been a few years, right? So that's awesome. Years we get together and have a big party, except for this year we didn't get to yet. We will next year instead. But, you know, that's just been something I gravitate towards is how do I bring people together, mostly to have fun. I mean, I never brought people together for any other reason, but to have some kind of fun and build some kind of relationship with each other. 
one of the big things I did was when my husband and I moved to this little town here in Western Washington, 26, 27 years ago, I got here and I said, there's nothing for kids here. It's a retirement community. Mm. And I, I knew, I knew I was like, I will open a fine arts school here someday. And within a few months, I had a kinder music studio that grew into, you know, simply music piano and kinder music. And then in 2007, my friend who was working with me, we went on a road trip dangerous to send us away alone for four hours. And we came home and told our husbands, we're going to make it a music and dance school, right? We're going to expand. And we did within a couple of months, we had 500 kids enrolled in a music and dance studio and had the whole thing built. It was insane. That was July 27th was the day we got started and we enrolled all those people and started on October 6th with the dance part. And so- yeah, it was, I don't remember. There are two years that I actually lost. I don't remember. <laughs> I might be in the midst of that with COVID right this very second. <laughs> yeah, there's like Ava, my youngest was in kindergarten. And I really don't remember kindergarten or first grade of her of her schooling because I was just so immersed in that monster. The beautiful monster is what we called it, the big studio. But wow. That really was a huge community within our community. I mean, it was a town of 5,000 people and 500 kids were enrolled, right? So it was this big community in a small town. And I loved it so much, right? Because the community of all of the teachers that worked with us, our team was a community. But then Aspire was a beautiful community. And that, that business is still going. It started in 2007 and they're still, I sold it to my business partner a few years ago, but remarkable community. Like I love going to the recitals because I just see the the commitment people have to each other. I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. So obviously embedded in your DNA, this process of building community and you did it there. You've done it in our mastermind groups. You've done it with your own mastermind groups. You've done it with Simply Music. You've done, like literally we, our entire interview could be just talk, telling stories about that. But instead of that, let us, I'd like us to dive into what you believe are the keys to creating what I'm going to call sustainable communities. And to me, a sustainable community is a community that still exists. As you said, you know, my my business partner has, and I still go to the recitals. Communities that last. And you know, I have opinions. (laughs) (laughs) I have opinions about everything, but I'm going to do my best to be quiet and ask you to answer them. So if you were to say the number one, the number one lesson or the number one consideration or the number one thing that people at home must take into account if they're going to actually build communities, where should they be starting? Okay. Well, I've thought about this a little bit. And actually, the very first thing you have to have to build a community is a vision. Mm-hmm. You have to have a vision. If there's no vision, there's nothing to, for people to gather around you on, right? There's no no bigger thing. Like, let's just get together and do something is not very inspiring. But hey, I got this idea. How about we... How about we mastermind on this? Or how about we build a big music and dance studio? Like, could anybody get excited about that, right? And painting the picture of what's possible. And I am a very visionary person. You could ask anybody. I just get ideas, right? And so some of them are just like, yeah, they kind of fade away. But it's the sharing them with enough people that you can enroll in your idea and being so excited about it. So I'll give you an example just quickly. When I started teaching Simply Music, I'd been teaching traditional piano lessons. 
And then I found out this method where you play first and you read later. And it was right up my alley. It was just exactly what I wanted. And so I started talking about it and I started talking about it literally everywhere I went in town. I don't care if it was the vegetable aisle at the grocery store or out in the pumpkin patch. Like it didn't matter where I was. I was talking about it. And what happened with that, Jay, is I did some things called free introductory sessions one day. People were lined up down the block to get in. I literally had, I I thought I had enrolled 10 people. I enrolled 40 people that day in That's the vision. Yeah. I, and then I had like 60 within a month. And I was like, oh, it was the vision and being on fire about your vision and being able to share it with people in a way that they go, ooh, either, ooh, I love it or, oh gosh, no. <laughs> Both are fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure people that were like, you're teaching some weird thing. I'm not coming close to you anymore. Right. Like, <laughs> but there are a lot of people that said, wow, this sounds amazing. So I think the very first thing is being able to have a vision that enrolls other people in the possibility of what you're creating. I love that. And I think, you know, and this is honest to this. It's one of my, I think it's one of my weaknesses is that the vision is often perfectly clear to me, but I don't communicate it in a manner that it lands for somebody else. So any thoughts about great, because I have a sneaky suspicion I'm not alone in that, by the way. Any thoughts or, or recommendations about for folks who have a vision? It's like, I can see that this community could make a difference. I mean, you can see in Facebook page, Facebook posts, pardon me, people are saying it's like, this isn't a program, this is a movement, you know, like they're trying to, to do that, but it isn't that easy, at least for me, and I perceive reading some of the posts for others as well. Any hints about what you did or how you communicated or or how, you know, because I mean, let's be clear about this. Most people do not succeed at selling music lessons in the vegetable aisle. You did. So something something happened there. What, can you unpack that a bit? That's super funny. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> I guess it is true. You know, Jay, I don't know. For me, it was just like this. I was so committed to this idea. I was so on fire about the idea that however I was talking was very much heart to heart and not brain to brain. I was not explaining the details. I was like, oh my gosh, I found this thing. You know, people just come, hey, how are you, Robin? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I found this thing. And I'm mm -hmm. so excited about this thing that I can't wait to start doing this thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're so passionate. I have to know more about that thing. So it wasn't like, oh, I found these piano lessons where you play first and you read music later. And it's like 30 to 50 songs your first year. No, I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, and people could see it. They could see my excitement. They had to understand what I was so excited about. So I didn't go from the brain to the brain. I went from more the gut feeling about it to connecting to that to other people. And it was not intentional. It was not a plan. I didn't, yeah, it wasn't like, ooh, here's my strategy. I had no strategy, no agenda even. I was just like, People would bump into me and I'd tell them what I was excited about. So, and one more thing about that, Jay, though, I get it because my business partner, oh, she used to say to me, I do not live in your head. I have no idea what you just said to me. You need to like slow down. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but I'm unfamiliar with that feedback. Oh, you are? <laughs> I get that a lot. I'm like, okay, hmm, let's come at it a different way or let me explain it. But, but yeah, there's something about connecting on a, like a gut level or an emotional level that's way more powerful than just like, here are the facts. Let me tell you about this thing I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, somebody once said to me, and I'm trying to think who that was exactly, I think it was, it was Suzanne Evans, actually, now that lands, once said to me that in the conversion process, in the sales process, and by the way, sales doesn't mean like necessarily collecting money. It's the, the thing that, would, I, that I believe must have happened in the vegetable while is that we must have passion because most people have to borrow our passion to say yes to themselves for what they want. And if we're not passionate enough for them to borrow some passion, give them the courage to say yes to what it is that they want, most of the times they won't. And it was a very intriguing way to think about it and to look at it from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. And I will tell you, there's music teachers that I work with in a mastermind, and they will often ask me, what was it that you did? And I think it's the passion. And a lot of them have been teaching the method for many years. And I've said to them, do you still feel the passion? Because when you felt the passion and you enrolled all of your initial students, they caught something from you. Are you still approaching it years later with that same enthusiasm and passion? Because I think you're right. I think that's the key. That's what people catch, right? Mm -hmm. And I honest goodness think, uh, and I'll speak for myself, is that I was having this conversation in one of the other interviews is that I don't have the right words for this, but here's what it feels like is that I'm not less passionate about it. And in fact, I'll often say, it's like, look, I've done this for 35 years. That doesn't happen in the absence of passion. But I think that I also take a lot of things sort of for granted about what something means. And that it's like, I just have to remind myself, like, what do you say? This changes people's lives. This changes people's businesses. This is, you know, like, just got to get back to that, what it means for them, because I'm sometimes a little bit blind to it. Because it just is given fact. Anyway, that's part of my thing about continuing to communicate that passion in a more powerful and, and passion and vision in a more powerful way. I love that. Okay. So vision is the first piece because if we cannot enroll them in the vision, the odds of them showing up in the community are <laughs> diddly. None. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> okay. So then what? So if we've got people saying yes to the vision, because let's be clear, getting to a yes isn't that easy. But a yes is not always a real yes. <laughs> a yes is like, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that comes next, Jay, is commitment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, commitment's one of those words that some people really resist the idea of committing to anything. But without a commitment, you know, it's just a when it's convenient, which doesn't build community, right? Like really building community you have people that are committed to the vision. They're excited. They're just as excited or almost as excited as you are. Nobody could ever be as excited as the person who's birthing the idea, right? Like, mm -hmm. but people can really get on board. And when they get, on, they get on board and commit, then things can happen. And I'm talking about anything, like anything and everything I've ever done. Other people have needed to buy in and commit to it so that we have momentum and can move forward together. So whether it was my studio or it's, you know, one of the masterminds I run, like commitment matters. And it was something I coached my students on all the time. And so I use those concepts with everybody, really, because a commitment means, yeah, I'm in, even when I don't feel like it, even when it's inconvenient, even when I don't agree, I still made this commitment. So you could take that for any part of your life, right? Like marriage, raising children, having a business, having a job working out like you don't you don't make progress you don't move forward unless you're committed and keep coming back no matter what well put well put well put so what <laughs> i mean now here comes the fun question 
how do we nurture, set, and bind that commitment? Like, how do we begin to filter the, the you know, I, a woman I used to do my facilitator training with, she called it the looky-loos. How do we identify the looky-loos from the have-to-dos? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, and we used to call them looky-loos and drive-bys at our studio. Seriously. Oh, okay. That's what we call them, you know, people, well-meaning, God bless them all, but people who come in and enroll their kids in a class, and the minute their kid was like, I don't want to go today, they're like, okay, we're done. We'll try something else. And mm-hmm. and so it really, really like was disappointing and frustrating, both of those things. And so I think these principles apply to anything. But here's what we started doing. We started telling the truth before they ever enrolled, which was... And I do it with my mastermind members. Hey, we're going to commit to some period of time. So if it's, you know, six months or a year or whatever it is. And what we want you to understand is during that period of time, I don't care if you're 55 in a mastermind group or five, mm-hmm. you're going to love it because you wouldn't have signed up if you didn't love it. You're going to love it. You're going to not like it at all. You might even say, hate is strong, but you might say, I hate it. Yep. And at times you're just kind of like, I don't know. It's okay. I'm, I'm showing up. Those are all completely normal. And I'm going to expect you to go through every one of those emotions and every one of those stages. And sometimes they last a long time and sometimes they're short and sometimes they just last some period, medium amount of time, but you're going to go through those. And we just want you to know nothing's wrong. It's normal and you're committed. So we're going to remind you and we're going to hang on to you when you feel that way. So we started telling people the truth in our studio, we didn't enroll as many people, but we kept the ones who enrolled through that duration of their commitment. And so that's where I learned it. But where I use it is in everything. So in my mastermind group, my music teachers mastermind, they enroll for a year. And I tell them you're not getting out easy because there are going to be times where you're not going to like it. I'm going to expect you to be here anyway. And I'll support you. I'll remind you of what the outcome is that we're going for. And so I have another mastermind. It's the same idea, like awesome. And at some weeks, you may not be happy that you're here, but I expect you anyway, because you're committed. But that's the other piece. There's accountability, right? Yeah, that's the it really third. is. Well, so here's what I love about this. And, and I mean, you and I have had this conversation related to masterminds and all of the pieces. And, and I think in all masterminds, but particularly business masterminds, you know, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs and all of those pieces. But it never ceases to amaze me. And maybe this is just a little piece of the Saskatchewan farm kid in me or whatever it happens to be. But honest to goodness, it never ceases to amaze me that people seem to have an expectation that if in their life they have the ups and the downs and the shit shows and the epic wins and all sorts of things, that anything that they step into is going to be any different. It's like, I have every, this is how my life is, but the mastermind will be different. This is how my life is, but this joint venture community will be different. This is how my life is, but my music lessons will be different. It's like that crazy assumption just to this day, it still makes me go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Evidence would say, results will say, if you're getting this result over here, you're going to get the same one. The same things are going to pop up and bug you over here that they do over there, right? Yes. It just, it's, I don't know what it is. I think part of it is the everything's easy marketing. I think part of it is the instant gratification as we begin to evolve from shit takes work. Um, I I think there's a whole bunch of pieces there. Okay. So let's imagine we've done the filtering and we get somebody who says, yes, I'm willing to do the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs. 
or at least I say that today while I'm filling up. (laughs) (laughs) Then what? So we've got vision, we've got some filtering and some some substantial commitment pieces. What is next most important in, in the development of community? So honestly, it's accountability. And that's a little bit harder to look back on my high school years and say accountability. I didn't know how to manage accountability back then. So back then, I lived in the world where I could create community, but the only person who ever was to be counted on was me, right? It was a community created by my imagination, run by my tenacity, but without any kind of real support. And so I believe now that I'm older, I couldn't figure it out for a long time. I was like, how come I keep ending up with things where I feel like I bear the weight? And I'm talking, it was pervasive, just like you were talking about a minute ago. It was in friendships. It was in my relationships. I don't do that anymore. I'm not interested in being the only one who bears the weight. But I think what has, and what I've understood, what has become really clear is accountability is one of the really key parts. No matter if you're a coach doing one-on-one coaching, if you are raising kids, if you're running a mastermind, if you have a business, if you have a business partner, the accountability is the key driver that makes it all actually work. And so one of the things I implemented in one of my masterminds this year, it's actually in both of them, but every Monday morning, I speak to every mastermind member for eight minutes. And yeah, it takes up my morning, but actually I love it because here's what happens. They check in with me and I take notes and they take notes, but basically they show up and they tell me their wins for the week. What are you celebrating? I don't care if it's personal or professional. And then I say, here were your three quantifiable goals from last week. How did you do? And they say, I was going to make 10 calls, but I made eight. Okay, great. Would you like to reframe for next week so you hit your target or do you want to stretch? And they say, I'm going to stick with eight. Okay, great. We'll frame it from 10 to eight. That's where we'll leave it. So they give me their three quantifiable goals. And usually we have a few minutes. So I'll just say, so how's life? You know, how are you doing? Anything you want me to know? And we might chit chat or we might just hang up. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, none of my mastermind members ever miss that call. I've been called from airports, even this year. I've been called from vacations. I've been called from doctor's offices. They don't miss it because it's that important. And for me, it's a touch point. So I don't, so I know what's going on. I'm never surprised, right? And I can manage, I can help them manage those peaks, valleys, and plateaus as they arise, which has made this year really remarkable, especially this year. It's been so helpful. So I, accountability doesn't have to be shaming or burdensome or yeah. Who wants that, right? It can be really, and everybody in my mastermind also has an accountability buddy. So it's not just me. They're touching base with somebody else in the group as well. And it just provides this really beautiful, like, support net. I love that. I love that. I love that. I do too. And people have asked me, Robin, isn't that like, don't you just like hate those calls or not want to have those calls? I'm like, it's just the opposite. It's just Mm -hmm. the opposite. I get to be prepared for things that are coming up. I get to really be engaged with my community. And, you know, I've done it for other coaches and I've done like like a 90 minute check-in into group check-in and that also supports community. So I think that's a really critical piece. And I think most coaches don't do it. I think most people miss it. And I really believe that it's part of the reason people don't get results or the outcome. 
they want, no matter what kind of group they're in. Yeah. I mean, the honest goodness truth is, let's be clear, is that that is a, it's a short span of time that moves the needle. Yeah. Like it is a short span of time that moves the needle. I love that. Okay. Vision, commitment, accountability, staying on top of things and having somebody who you can have a conversation with, which is forward facing, not wrong making and all of those pieces. What would you add? We've got a little bit of time left before we get to your epic and marvelous gift that you're given. <laughs> I think, you know, look, when you're the visionary, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are visionary. I don't know if everybody is, but a lot yeah. of you know, are. I think that you're really one of your number one jobs is holding the vision yeah, and not getting lost in the minutia and not getting, see, this is the part where I used to get frustrated back when I was growing up was I didn't, I probably just didn't know enough, hold the vision and enroll other people in supporting me. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of the community is I get to hold the vision. If I let go of the vision, the group dies, if you ask yeah. me. So yeah. I have to remember my primary focus is holding the vision and I need to invite and allow other people to support that, right? So I have people in my group supporting that for me, which is supportive of me so I can carry the torch. Like, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Because if I put down the torch, we're all stumbling around in the dark. So It's hard to carry the torch and push the train and, <laughs> you know, all of those pieces. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you have to remember to take care of yourself and learn how to delegate and accept accept the help that's being offered up because, right, I didn't do that for long. I got this. I'm good. Like, I can I'm just up till three in the morning, putting the final details on it. <laughs> I've done that a lot and I don't want to do that anymore. And so when people step up and say, hey, can I can I take care of that for you? Yes. Thank you. For how long? Like, is this just this week? Are you going to help me longer? You know, I want to know too, so that I can relax about it. So I think that's really important. I love that. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Okay. So this whole idea, vision, commitment, accountability, support. I love that. And it brings to mind one of our key, one of our key training pieces in the mastermind program, the mastermind to millions program, which is we always want people who are a little bit ahead of us, who we can follow their path holding the torch. We always want people who are a little bit behind us that we can actually support and give a hand up and a leg up and some guidance to in that experience that the binding and the bonding and the creation of community occurs. And I just really love how you said that. So you have a incredible gift slash invitation for people that honest goodness gang, you must take advantage of. So why don't you fill us in on, on what's going on there? Great. I'd love to. So I have a group that started, it's called the Connective Collective Joint Venture Mastermind. And we have kind of an advanced group that's meeting and I'm enrolling people both in the more advanced group and in the, you know, go-getters, but don't have it all sorted out yet, still working through the details, but want to be in a community where they feel supported, they feel connected, they feel like they're in a safe place to get to know other people as potential JV partners and get help on their business. Cause that's what we're always working on is what have you got going on in your business? Where are you? Where are you stuck? What feedback do you want? And do you have a joint venture offer that you want us to promote for you given that there were the right partners? So that group is going on and I would love to have anyone who would like to apply and come in for a month for free nice. to do so. Yep. Just 
I'll send you the information, Jay, and they can apply and I'll reach out and have them try it. Perfect. And the details will all be below the video here. So you can just click there, make the application, and then of course show up because you know that <laughs> you know that Robin's gonna get you. So here's the reality of this game, that this is an unusual and exceptional invitation. I just called it a connected collective JV mastermind. So the topic is exactly on point to everything that we were talking about in this process. And I can tell you personally that Robin will serve you incredibly, incredibly well. You do your part, she will do more than her part, and it will be an epic win. So last word to you on somebody sitting at home going, it's like, I'm not sure I want to do all the work in community. I'm pretty sure I can just send an email or run paid traffic to Facebook or paid traffic to a funnel. And that's just going to take care of everything I need because all I need is for them to press the button and send me money. All else is good. Any last words to somebody who might be questioning the validity, the power, the profitability, the strength, the entrepreneurial safety network, all of those things about actually having a community? Yeah, you know, I just won't do it without a community anymore. I mean, I, you know, Jay, I tend to be the Lone Ranger. I like to ride hard and fast and just get out of my way. But that doesn't really serve me. And I can reach so many more people with the right partners. But I want to know who my partners are. I want to know that they've got the people that are that I want to be in front of on their list. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want them to waste my time. You know what I mean? I want it to be very equitable. And so I think that we really get the best partnerships when we're in a community where we actually get to know each other and can see, oh, this is great. And these people are committed because the one-off emails and the, hey, yeah, let me mail for you. If it's not even to the right people, it just leads to disappointment right? It's like spinning your wheels. So don't spin your wheels. Come on in, get to know people well, make sure that you're well suited and have some fun in because it really is fun being in community. And I'll tell you the mastermind aspect of the hot seats and the what gets created. It's always off the hook. It's my favorite part. Mine too. Yeah. It's the magic that really occurs. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here and sharing Summit. I absolutely brought great wisdom to what this all means and how it works. And we will see you soon. Thanks, Jay. Love being here. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the JVology Show with Jay Facet. Please rate, review, and share the show with your entrepreneurial friends. For free joint venture resources and more information, visit jvology.com.